The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Welcome back to an all new episode. And I'm so excited for my guest. I know I say that every time, but it's I've been really blessed to have some really amazing people come and join me. And today is no different because I have a gorgeous woman staring at me from my computer screen. She's a Danish supermodel. You know her from Sports Illustrated. And now she's like a wellness fitness guru. I have Nina Agdell. Oh my God, what an intro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. I'm so excited. And by the way, like I can obviously see you and you look flawless. Like your makeup is on point. I'm like, I need to learn some of those tricks. Oh, well, I was putting on makeup and, and Tom was like, why are you putting on makeup? I'm like, listen, I want to be face to, well, kind of face to face with Nina. And I can't be looking like some kind of like sewer monster. Well, I also feel like anything in this time, so like where you have an opportunity to do something where you get to like dress up or like look good, even for yourself, I'm like, I'm doing it. Yeah, no, I will. I do agree with that, that sometimes putting on a little rouge, a little mascara can really do a lot for your whole like morale. All the, it does all the trick, you know, just to like get back to yourself and remind yourself that you're still hot. (laughs) I mean, I'm still wearing like pajamas, but that doesn't matter because like from the shoulders up, it's like looking pretty good. Uh So when I first reached out to you and you so graciously agreed to, to do the podcast, I was thinking about when I met you in New York. I know. (laughs) Like a long time ago. It was 2018, I believe. Yeah. Well, that feels like a, a lifetime ago by now. So much has happened, right? I know this year alone has felt like a decade, but yeah, you were doing a wash up and I was there with Stassi because she was going to be doing the show right after you. And I remember the producer, Anthony was like, well, Nina Agdell and you know, I can't remember who the other guest was here. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, I have to meet her. I have to meet her. And so he's like, okay, fine. I felt the same way about you guys. So you, you might not know this, but like, I am like OG, like fan of Vanderpump rules and you, and like, I have watched, like, I feel like I've grown up with you guys. Like now oh seeing God. you in your, in your house and like, you know, your friends having babies. I'm like, oh my God, like that means that I should be doing some of these things. Cause like, I've been like growing up with you. Oh, I love so that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of you, obviously like from the show, but also like what you have done since then. You know, I love what you stand for, how you empower women. I'm a big fan of you. So it, it definitely goes both ways here. Oh my God. I'm like, I can just call it a year. I'm done. Thank you so much. I was going to ask you if you were like a big reality TV fan or just like strictly Bravo or what you get down with. So I don't watch a lot of TV. Like, to be honest, it's not my thing, but the two things I love is the bachelor, the bachelorette and Vanderpump rules. And it's like, You know, anything else on TV, I'm like, if it's on, great. But like what I set my alarm for and what I'm like, I have to watch it is, you know, that's the shows. 
So yeah, I I love reality shows. I also feel like it's like a good time to like, just like sit down and relax. And like, obviously it's like on your behalf, like I get to relax because I'm just watching you guys do all this stuff. But there's also just like so much where I'm like relating to it. And I'm like, it just makes my brain relax instead of like something serious and dark and like the news nowadays. I'm like, I can't like, I can't watch that too much. Right. It's a crazy time. I mean, I feel like that's a good, that is kind of the good thing about reality TV is you get to escape your own reality and just yeah. watch people be degenerates and fight with their friends. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, it feels like a sport. People really get into it. Oh, a hundred percent. You start like rooting for the, for the like person and like, whatever you're like, I am team Katie and Tom. Like, you know, <laughs> I really feel like I like know you guys, but even though I obviously know there's so much more to you, but it's also a lot for you guys. Like I always think about that. I'm like, these guys are putting so much out there for us to watch. So like, I hate when people judge away because I'm like, give them props for having the courage to be honest. And, you know, even though it's reality television to be real in front of an entire nation, right? Like, it's like, we can sit here and judge all we want, but I don't do that. You know, Yeah, <laughs> I just enjoy well- it. And that's part of the sport is judging and having opinions and rooting and being like she was wrong and and picking teams and all that. But I mean, like, yeah, there there is a real element of like it being very taxing emotionally, mentally, because it is our real lives. So when you say that, you feel like, you know, the people I mean, that's accurate because these are real relationships and these are real fights yep. and real things are happening and we go through all that and it's torture, sometimes torture filming and then when it airs and now you have watch it and having opinions and all that but you know yeah but that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I feel like we all judge uh, for sure it's just like something just innate natural to us but you never really know a person until you kind of like sit down and talk with them and find out what you have in common and all that so I love that you're doing this like I'm I'm so happy you're doing it and you have like you know the brain and the beauty and the voice and like I'm so happy you're doing it. Oh my God, just more flattery. <laughs> <laughs> Should I stop now? Should I like cut it off? No. Oh my gosh, I need it. No. So when I met you, do you remember? Well, I had, okay, I had had like probably three to four cocktails and I was like, oh my God, I know Danish. <laughs> I don't think I understood what you were saying, but I remember you really like trying. What were you saying in Danish again? Let's see if I can, I can translate it. Do you remember it? Yeah, well, I don't remember exactly, but I probably went through the things that I knew. I probably said, yeah, Hitler Katie. Yeah, Hitler Katie. My name is. Very good. And then I said, yeah, Elskedai. Yeah, Elskedai. I love you. You know, you got the basics, girl. Like, what more do you need, right? You need to be able to order a drink and then you're good to go. There was definitely more because so one of my good friends, she's from Denmark. She's from Copenhagen. And so okay. she would. so we would just like sit and have like wine and she would just teach me Danish and she was I was like being able to like have conversations or she'd be talking to her husband she'd be like do a fool you must have like a musical ear because Danish is not easy to pick up on like when I speak Danish in front of like my friends and my boyfriend they're like are you guys okay like it sounds like you're in a huge argument and I'm like no we're just talking about breakfast like <laughs> it's fine so that's, yeah. that's very impressive I mean, because it's also one of those languages that no one like knows too. So it's not like Spanish where like, I know a little Spanish or some, you know, something like that. It was just like, so I thought that would be like such a great party trick if I could just like 
whip out yeah, Danish. Whip and, it out. And there's not many, unless I'm with my, you know, friend and her husband, there's no other Danish people hanging out. So when I saw you, I was like, oh my God, listen to what I, I can do. That is so funny. Well, you know what? You can call me to speak Danish anytime you want. <laughs> I'm right here. I take comfort very seriously, especially when it comes to my bed, because I want my bed to be the most luxurious place in my house on earth, period. I love being in my bed. I'm not just sleeping in it. I'm hanging out in there. I'm watching movies. I'm, I'm in my bed right now, actually. So I want it to be an experience. And I've tried so many different sheets, so many different bedding. And after a month, they're not living up to what I thought they would be. And then I just go on the hunt for a new set. And I've been hearing about Brooklinen for a while. And I don't know why it's taken me this long to try it. I'm mad at myself that I didn't get on this train sooner. But I'm telling you, for the minute I took those sheets out of the dryer and put them on my bed, I was like, this is it. I, f- I found it. I have found my bedding. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who were just like me. They were constantly searching for amazing bedding and home essentials, but not ridiculously expensive. And when they couldn't find it, they started Brooklinen. And I'm so happy that they did. Thank you, Rich and Vicky, for that. And what's great about them is they work directly with the manufacturers. So you're going to get luxury level quality without the luxury level markup. And they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. So if in a year I'm not happy, I can get my money back. And right now, Brooklinen's Black Friday sale goes through November 30th with huge savings, 20% off and free shipping during their biggest sale of the year. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to brooklinen.com, use my promo code LOVEME at checkout, and you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. So go to B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code love me, 20% off plus free shipping. And if you're hearing this after November 30th, don't worry because you're still going to get 10% off plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com, promo code love me. And you are going to love me when you get these sheets and sleep on them. So you're welcome. Hi, this is Deborah Messing. And I'm Andana Dayani. We decided to create a podcast to introduce you to the people who inspire us most. These are the dissenters. The people who just made a decision one day to break down the establishment and build a new one. In the greatest times of grief or even the most ordinary of circumstances, many heroes will rise. You just have to take that first step. So please tune in. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. There are heroes everywhere. Discover them. Become one. I need more learning because, yeah, my pronunciation, like the way you speak it, we speak, I feel like, from the front of our mouths. And in Danish, it's a lot from like the back and then the throat, which I it, can't It sounds do. like you have like a potato in your mouth while you're speaking. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the best way to describe it. It's like it's literally sound like you're like chewing, eating something and then like sounds come out. And that's just Danish. <laughs> yeah. But it is a great language. It really is. But it's very tough to learn. Well, I will say when I'm at the bar, I'll be like, uh, ya fool, uh, ya vm, ya vm. 
you're really good. You remembered a lot of it. Yeah, props, honestly. I can say I can say really bad things, but we'll save those for another time. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah. So you're from Denmark. Um yes. are, where are you from? Where are you from Copenhagen? No. So I grew up in Hilo, which is like 25 minutes outside Copenhagen, like a smaller town, not like Copenhagen at all, but definitely still, you know, a city, but nothing like, you know, New York, like, you know, country and like, you know, just normal life. But it was, it was a great way to grow up. Like, I am so thankful that I, I had my childhood and like some of my teenage years there. Yeah. So do you have like a big family or brothers, sisters? I have one older brother. Uh, my family is pretty tight. So very, very small. Just me, my brother, my mom and dad were now divorced, but happily divorced and have their own new partners. And I am so happy that they're happy. That's all that matters. And then my brother had a baby last year in November that I've seen twice. But obviously with COVID happening, there is no chance of me going home, which is honestly, honestly, you know, there's so much bad stuff happening for, but for me personally, not being able to travel to see your family, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Even in the States, like not seeing your family and not being able to just go is like really hard. 100%. So you, your entire family is back there. So you basically just have a chosen family in New York that you lean on for all of those things. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my friends here is my family. Yeah, oh, I know. I, I know how that is. Even though, like, I have a brother here in Los Angeles and my mom, like, she lives in Vegas real close, so we get to see each other often. But, like, you really do have to choose your family when you move away from oh, home. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I feel like when you're, like, really young, you don't understand that term. Like, I read about that, like, you know, friends or the family you choose. And I was like, what are they talking about? And now I'm like, it is so accurate. You know what I mean? And friends also have different, like, positions in, like, the family, right? Like, there's, like, you know, the sister. Then there's the brother. Then there's, like, the dad figure. Then there's the drunk uncle. Like, it's, like, it's totally, like, a chosen family. But and you got the, and you got the mom figure. The oh, mom yeah. figure who make sure everyone's okay and takes care of things. And yeah, I feel like I am the mom in my friend. Really? Yeah. What are you? I'm probably like an aunt. An aunt, a fun aunt, but a wise fun aunt. Yeah. Like I, I give, you know, advice and I'm here for people and I'm fun. You know, I'm definitely not mothery to people, but in a, in a cool way. In (laughs) In a cool way. (laughs) In in an (laughs) auntie way. But yeah, no, I I feel like in our friend group, Kristen always took on like the mother role. She was always the one that's like always, you know, looking out for everyone and taking care that. of people. And yeah, she's she definitely filled that <laughs> role for sure. And Stassi was like the little sister where we're like, oh, yeah, for sure. I can totally see it. I can totally see it. I want to talk a little more about Denmark. Okay. Just because, like, I feel like, as again, I don't talk to Danish people very often. I know there's so. probably not a lot of Danish people in your lineup, but and, and, I don't know. I could be wrong. No, <laughs> but I remember. Okay, so I've only I've only been to Denmark and Copenhagen twice. Okay, but I mean, everyone there is beautiful. Like with my friend Stephanie, we were walking from. I think her dad lived in like Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. 
And we were passing people on the street. And I remember passing some, like a guy or something. And I was like, oh my God, I'm pretty sure he was homeless, but he was so hot. Really? Everyone here is so hot. What is happening? Yeah, I don't know. It's so funny. So many people like say that. And like, obviously, like, you know, I grew up there. So I don't like, they're just my people. I'm like, they're, these are, these are my peaks. You know, there are my, my Viking brothers and sisters walking around, but it's funny. Cause like everyone always says that like tall and, you know, handsome or beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I can just say thank you. Right. It's a great place to be. And it's a great place to visit. And I am so happy you did it because not a lot of people actually make the trip over there. So. And I wish people would, because again, it's like, they say it's the happiest nation or country we were the happiest country for I think it was like a couple of years in a row I think I went to someone else now but yeah we're generally pretty happy but there's also another side to that which I have to like remind people because it's like a mentality in Scandinavia or at least like in Denmark where if you're unhappy which is an issue you don't open up about it you know what I mean it's like you you portray to be happy and you're happy and we're so lucky to be growing up in a country where, you know, school is free, healthcare is free, right? Like when you get older, you're going to get taken care of. If you get injured doing a job, like you're still going to get money. But there's also this other side of it, you know, where the suicide rates and depression and mental health issues is very much a real thing because we don't, we don't open up as much as, as, you know, I think what I have at least experienced in America, it's like, you know, people are like, how are you? And even though you're not going to sit down and like talk about how you really are, people ask each other, like, how are you? And like, I remember when I first moved here and I like got into a store or an elevator and people were like, so how are you? I was like, wait, what? You're, t- you're talking <laughs> to me? Like, you're asking me how I am? And then I was like, I'm great. Like, everything's going well. How are you? Right. So that was like very different, like the mentality of that. So Yeah, but we're definitely so lucky in that country. But, you know, don't be fooled. There's definitely still issues that we just maybe don't talk about. Well, no one's perfect, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But I I definitely tried some of like, you know, traditional like cuisine when I was there. Like it was, I think it was like a rye bread. Yep. Yeah. And then you do like mayonnaise on top and then some kind of like fish. Yeah. Like herring maybe or a fried fish yep yeah um it's like a layer cake for lunch that you put on like a top of like healthy bread and then you destroy it with layers of things that are not so healthy but it's so good but I will say it's not like preservative like I know a lot of like the milk and butter and everything like that is like straight from like a farm so you got to buy that every other day like I still remember like my mom we would go out to this farm. This is this is probably going to be very graphic and trigger warning if you're not into, you know, animals getting hurt. And I respect that turn this off. But we would go and like, you know, I would I would pet this like baby cow and like, you know, put my hand inside its mouth and like whatever. And then, you know, they would kill the baby cow and we would get the meat like right there and then. And that was like one of the things that I grew up with. Now I try to like, you know, limit my animal you know, intake with everything. But I do have to say, like, when you go and eat in Europe, like, I'm sure you've gone to like Italy or somewhere else and just been like eating and eating and eating. But like, you don't end up gaining weight the same way you do in the States. Because it's like, you really have to like, look what's like, in your food over here, which is a completely different discussion. But, but a huge issue, right? A huge issue. 
if you were like myself and Tom and obsessed with your dogs and spoil them, then you're going to want to listen to this because we take dinner time seriously here. The boys take it really seriously. Butter and Gordo are so picky. They need a little beef, a little chicken, a little something. They want to feel like they're eating like what we're eating, but that can be challenging because you want to make sure that they're getting all the nutrition that they need, as much calories as they need, not overfeeding them and not underfeeding them, which is why I'm so happy we have found Nom Nom. Nom Nom is a pet health company that makes fresh restaurant quality food for dogs and cats. Can't forget about the kitties. What I love about it is they make everything in their own facility and they prep it just days before it ships. So it arrives fresh and perfectly proportioned for your pet's dietary needs. And it's so easy to use. You just tell Nom Nom a little bit about your pet and they'll create a meal plan based on your pet's age, breed, weight, and health needs. Not a calorie more, not a calorie less. We love it. The boys gobble it up, which makes me so happy. And also there's different options. There's pork, there's turkey, there's beef. So they feel like they're not getting the same meal, which sounds crazy because it's like most dogs, I tell them all the time. I'm like, you know, some dogs just get dry kibble, but we love them so much. And I'm so happy we switched to the fresh pet food that's endorsed by science, taste buds, and now my dogs themselves. And I want you to try Nom Nom today. And what you do is if you go to trynom.com slash love me, you're going to get 50% off a two week trial, but I guarantee you're going to love it and your pets will love it. So go to trynom.com slash love me for 50% off a two week trial. Huge issue because it's always getting like straight from the source whole foods, full fat, everything. It's good for you. Your body can digest it. Your body doesn't know how to digest. I know these ingredients that are built in a lab. Nope. So, and I mean, all the like fat free and sugar free and all of that stuff. Like I used to think that, you know, if I ate that, I would get skinny, but like the reality is your body does not know what to do with it. So like all you're doing is feeding yourself something with no purpose instead of giving yourself wholesome real ingredients that are actually going to do something for you. Right. But that's like a misconception with food that, you know, I definitely think people need to, to look into and educate themselves a little bit when it comes to that. I want to get into that more with you in a minute, but you basically just got scouted or discovered on the street. Yes. And how old were you? So the first time I was scouted, I think I was either 14 or 15 and I didn't end up doing anything with it. Like, I actually think they were talking about getting me a contract, but like nothing ever happened. And then how it all started is elite model management were doing a scout in my hometown for a competition called Elite Model Look. And I wasn't planning on going, like it wasn't like on top of my list to do like modeling. I was like, yeah, if I can go and make money and like do that, great. But it wasn't like on top of my list, but my grandmother, Lona, who's absolutely incredible and amazing. She was like, you have to go, you have to go. So last minute when everything was wrapped up, they were walking down the street and we were like, oh, it's over. And then they saw me and pulled me over and they were like, do you want to be a model? And I was like, "Um, I don't know. Like, is that an option? Sure. Yes. And then (laughs) took like a couple of pictures, like the photos, like if I could find them now, I'm definitely just like standing there like a mugshot and they're like, okay, put a hand on your hip, you know, try to smile, act normal. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. What are you talking about? 
and then entered the competition, didn't win. And obviously I was, you know, heartbroken. I was like, oh my God, I didn't win. And then the judge, I think he was from Spain, came up to me and he was like, just so you know, it's never the winner who ends up taking it all. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. Right. And, um, that was when I was 16. And then at 18, I just needed to get away from Denmark. And that's when I met an agency in, in Miami and they were like, we'll get you a visa. You can come over here, try it out. And I basically left everything, dropped out of school. It's like, I'm going to go for three months, see what happens. And started working and making money and I was like well I'm not leaving now like right I mean but was modeling something you ever considered I mean I know you were really young at the time so I don't know what you were even thinking about or what you wanted your future to look like no it wasn't like I was actually first studying to be a dentist and then I realized that I was not sharp enough for that like all credit to dentists and doctors because that school like what you have to do to get to the final result like my friend has been studying for 10 years and she just you know made it and I am like I could not commit to that like it was just it was too big it was too hard then I was like oh I want to do like journalism so went to a different school and that's when I was like I don't really want to be in school anymore but I obviously like need to like create a life and make money and make a career and I was like if they're telling me I have a shot and they were like convincing me with all these numbers, you know, they were like, you're going to be making so much in the next year. And I think, you know, the money spoke more to me than the modeling did. Cause I mean, modeling, modeling is fun, but to be honest, it's not what everybody dreams of it to be. Right. It's not glamorous. No, it's not. It's not. Well, that yeah. But, but especially when you're young and you're thinking about, you know, moving out of your parents' house and, you know, creating a life for yourself and being like a real adult. Yeah. Money really talks. Yeah. And you, you know, if you have an opportunity to take a job that can give you that kind of freedom, why not? Why not? But it's also like now when I'm thinking back on it, like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like when you're 18, like, yeah, I was nervous and scared to like take the leap and do something. But now when I'm 28, I'm like, I don't know if I could do the same thing now. Cause like now I'm like an adult, right? And I'm like thinking about what could go wrong. Like this, you know, scared of, of it being a failure of it not working out. But like, that's like what I have to remind myself that like, even though I'm older now and I know all of these things, you know, the fact that I was just ready to go and took the leap of faith and did something that was so scary with no guarantee. And like the fact that I'm sitting here and talking to you now is just such a sign that like you have to do things that like you're afraid to do. Because if you don't, nothing big is going to happen from you sitting on your ass in your comfort zone. Like nothing is going to happen, right? Well, it's officially the holiday season and it's the most wonderful time of the year, even though it's been a weird ass year. No lie. And we're socially distant, which makes this holiday season a little less bright because we can't, you know, gather with our friends and family, but we can still celebrate. And I love celebrating with wine. And given the socially distant state that we're in, usual wines, I'm so happy I found you because they come in 6.3 ounce bottles. So it's like a personal little bottle that you just pop open. You're going to have a perfect glass of wine every time. You're not going to waste an entire bottle because it spoils after a few days. 
Oh, I love it. And it it's also makes a great gift that you can send to your friends and family. So it's like, you can all be sharing the same wine, but just in your own like little personal bottle, which I love. And they also have a rosé, a sparkling brute and a red blend. So there's something for everyone. So you can feel like you're together, even though you're apart. And I love that. And right now they have a holiday product as a special wine. It's called Usual Reserve and it's an ultra premium limited edition Mount Feeder Cabernet Sauvignon. And it is their most special wine yet. Hailing from the most celebrated plot of land in all of Napa, this Cabernet Sauvignon is concentrated and rich with just enough grip. That's the kind of Christmas I want to have. And if you go check out their website, www.usualwines.com and use my discount code love me you're gonna get eight dollars off your first order so that's like me buying you a glass of wine which that's a gift in itself so go to usualwine.com use my discount code love me for eight dollars off and enjoy but it's, I feel like as you get older, it's harder to maintain and have that same kind of spirit within you because I, yeah, the same thing. Like I was, I was all about taking risks. I was relatively fearless and like had, you know, balls, but now I like overthink everything and I'll be hypercritical and think like, well, what yep. if I suck at it? What if like even doing this podcast, I was like terrified of failing at it and not doing a good job. And I had to just every day get that out of my head and just like focus on like whatever was in front of me at the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's really it like an everyday, like how so many other things in life is like an everyday commitment and practice to yourself. So is like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Right. I think that like, you know, the older you get, the scarier it is to do it, but you also have more power. So like you just have to wake up and fucking do it. Like nobody's going to do it for you. Mom and dad, they're long gone, right? Like if you want to do this for yourself, like you have to do the work and, and get out there and put yourself out there. So I totally relate to that. So what was like your first big modeling gig? The biggest one and the first one was Victoria's Secret. Damn. Yeah, but the the problem was I didn't even know that Victoria's Secret was a big deal. So I like booked the job. I didn't even get a manicure or a pedicure. And I showed up to this job and I was like, I was shooting with the hottie Prince Lou. And I was like, like, I was like next to her. And I was like, I know who she is, but I didn't know who the brand was. Right. And then after, like, I was like, everybody was like, oh my God, you did BS. And I'm like, yeah, like I did. And then I realized how big of a deal it was. But like, I had no idea. I didn't, I obviously knew what Sports Illustrated swimsuit was, but not to the same degree as girls that grew up in America, right? Like in Denmark, in Denmark, you don't see Sports Illustrated swimsuit as like the biggest, you know, women empowerment, you know, hot girls thing you don't think of it that way so like it definitely you know it, it kind of like all happened and then after that's when I realized I was like oh my god I'm doing all these things that are absolutely incredible and I don't know how I got here so you okay because I was gonna say like Victoria's Secret was the first big thing it happened and you didn't even understand the impact or how massive it was that's <laughs> I love that no no <laughs> I was like like I still remember this stylist like looked at my toes and he was like girl you gotta get a pedicure and I was like I didn't even understand what pedicure meant I was like wait my, my toes need fixing we need to fix the toes I didn't understand and now I'm like who shows up 
to their first job with Victoria's Secret with like bitten down fingernails. And it, <laughs> I've never had a pedicure before. Oh like, my God. Note to self. Like if you're, if you want to be a model and like you want to work with the big, you know, dogs, like you need to, to do some things before you show up. So I learned Gotta get your way. toes done. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Did you ever do the fashion shows too? No, 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 no. It was a very brief moment with them. And then I kind of moved into different stuff. And I did, do you know, Aerie, American Eagles lingerie yeah. line, Aerie Real. I moved on to them who were absolutely incredible and had like a couple of very good years and, and loved working with them and started getting pedicures and manicures before <laughs> going to jobs. So that's probably why I got the call back. Oh, and then when was your introduction into Sports Illustrated? Probably 2012 I could be wrong but I think that was my first year and it was your first time when you were rookie or the what was it was it rookie, rookie of the year, of the is, year. That, is that what they call it yes. yeah I remember that the cover because you were with Lily Aldridge and Chrissy Teigen yeah I know that was my cover moment which was obviously insane and like at that point I knew you know how big of a deal it all was so I was I was definitely like whoa how did that happen is that when like your life changed? Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, I think it really changed the day I left Denmark. Like everybody's always like, like, when did, when did it start? And I'm like, I, you know, the day I got on that plane by myself and left everything behind, including, you know, a boyfriend. And I was like, just like, let's go. Yeah. You know, then the cover happened. Then I did a call junior, like Super Bowl commercial, which was, also at that point I knew what that meant right and I was like oh my god like how is this happening right now (laughs) so at what point were you just like oh my gosh like I'm this is like really happening and you were getting a lot of attention like a lot like it was like probably like instant fame like you were became very well known like model status that so many people never attain Sports Illustrated definitely put my name on a map. And obviously, like, you know, I remember some of the first moments of like having a paparazzi following me. Like, I don't know if you remember your first moment, but I was like, why is this guy like taking pictures of me? Like, you know, drinking my smoothie in front of my smoothie truck. Like, I was like, what is going on here? And that's when I realized that like, when your name becomes a thing on the map, like it also comes with like a responsibility, right? So that's when, when you, you know, I think I had to learn a little bit the hard way of like what it means and like what you say and what you do and what people see is, is, you know, they're going to take it in and they're going to see it and listen to it and, and judge it like, you know, and I think just like from, from my name being put on that map from that cover, you know, I really had to be like, okay, where does Nina want to go? And, and what does Nina want to be known at? Right. And I didn't even know back then. Like I had no idea. I mean, who does when they're, how old are you? 20, 21? When I got the cover, how old was I? Like 22, I think. So you're a baby still. Oh yeah. No, I definitely like now look back and I'm like, I I thought I knew it all. And like, now I'm like, you didn't know anything, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) So what has been like the hardest or worst or just the the thing that you've not liked about fame as we'll call it? Oh my God. There's so many, so many little, little things, right. Where I'm like, you know, one of the things I really don't like about the media is how, you know, who you dated or who you're dating 
can kind of take over your identity. You know what I mean? Like who you're seen with or like whatever, like you're always like somehow tied to that. Because you've dated some guys that are pretty massive celebrities and it's definitely can't be like easy to just have that constantly follow you around and haunt you. You're like, I'm an individual separate from this person and this relationship. Yeah, it's just like, I'm like, we, we're over that. Like, we've, we've already, we've talked about it enough, right? So, like, I definitely think that, like, the media could be a lot better, especially with women. With women specifically, like, even though a girl has dated who and who, or she's dating who and who, like, she doesn't have to be tied to that. Like, she's her own individual. And guess what? Like, if they break up with, you know, her or they end up breaking up mutually, whatever, like they're not going to be tied to it for their, you know, next 10 years. And I'm like, the media needs to stop doing that. Like they need to like let women be their own, no matter how big or small they are, no matter how famous or not famous they are. Like, I hate that that is like always a connection. So I think that's like one of my least favorite things that I see not only for me, but for a lot of of people, right? Where I'm like, oh, like I would be so annoyed if I had to keep getting tied to like a 10 year old like scandal. Like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. we're done. Because you're the way your life looks and how you operate and what's happening is doesn't reflect that at all. I mean, even like media, like I pay attention to what they will ask, like Tom, for instance, versus what they'll ask me. You know, it's always like they want to talk to them about business or their, their bar, or what they're doing and how, you know, with me, it's like, when are you going to have a baby? It's like, yep. is that all I have to offer to this conversation or this interview or this world is like when I'm going to reproduce or wanting to talk about my body or weight gain mm-hmm. or weight loss. And mm-hmm. it's just like we deduce women down to just these very sort of like one dimensional, very like linear kind of subjects. The narrative is so different, like how the media and, you know, people talk and to like to and about women, I think is so different from what they would do, you know, to a man. I always like remind people if I'm like in an interview, I'm like, ah, let's turn it back. Let's talk about what, you know, I want to share. Also like the body talk, right? Like I'm doing so many things. And like the number one question I always get asked, like, how do you stay skinny? Or like, what does your diet look like? And I'm like, you can Google that. Like, We've been there, talked about that. Let's talk about something deeper about what's going on and like, you know, what's really happening in in my life and what I'm trying to do. So I I agree with you. Something that you are doing, I mean, it's along the lines, but I mean, you're genetically blessed for sure, but... (laughs) Definitely lucky, which is a factor. (laughs) Yeah, but coming along with doing the modeling you've been doing, especially if it's, you know, lingerie and definitely in, you know, Sports Illustrated... They're with that having to, you know, keep up with the fitness. Is that something that you've always like kind of like even prior to modeling, were you always very into like fitness and wellness? I have always been very active, which, you know, I always played basketball or, you know, I danced or, you know, I was out on the soccer field or I was always doing something like I grew up in a very active family. And then obviously, like when I started growing up and started drinking, the sports part kind of went away, right? Like, it's like, you're not going to commit to going to play basketball four times a week and then dance competition on the weekends. Like we're going to (laughs) prioritize differently. So I definitely, you know, had to like learn how to call it stay in shape or take care of my body. 
But back then it was not as healthy, right? Like it was like punishing myself in the gym on a treadmill or on a Stairmaster or whatever it was because of what I did the night before. So for a long time, I had a very unhealthy relationship to one food and nutrition and to, you know, fitness. Like I really, like, it was like, you know, a war between like, if you eat this, you have to do this tomorrow. And then finally, you know, I worked through some of those things and borderline, you know, eating disorders and whatsoever and fluctuated like crazy, you know, like there was, you can even go and look at the sports illustrator and you would see like one year I was tiny, tiny, tiny. And then the next year, you know, I was a, a lot bigger. And that was because of the unhealthy balance between, I didn't know how to do fitness. I didn't know how to do it the right way for me. So I had to really like figure out what was going on, you know, mentally and really tune into myself and and feel what was going on. And, you know, finally came to a point where I didn't work out. Like, I'm not kidding you. I would work out three to four hours a day. And, you know, I got to a point where I was like, I just can't do this. Like, I just can't do it. And um, really changed my life and my outlook on like what I wanted you know, my relationship to be like with food and and with fitness. And that's how kind of how I ended up here. You know, I I figured out what worked for me. I definitely realized that like, you do not need to be punishing yourself. And like fitness should be fun. Like it's movement, it should create happiness, it should not drain you, it should not leaving you like you feel like you want to like go and take a nap, like, it should really just like uplift you. And then mix that with with the right nutrition, which is such a different journey and like a huge part of the journey, which is, you know, I could talk about that for days, but um, it, I've always, you know, the question was, have I always been into fitness? Yes, but it's never been as healthy as it is now. I understand that entirely. Yeah. I feel like I was same active through high school, did dance, did cheerleading, was, you know, went to gym. I really into Pilates, all the things. I can relate because I spent years having very disordered eating and placing that, you know, sort of moral value on food and just having bad relationship with food. Finally, when it, even in the last year, becoming really concerned for my health, because as you get older, you got to check in on your health. And it became about like figuring out when I want to go on the journey. Is it for myself? Cause you know, there's outside influence all the time that creeps into your psyche and like just is going to have an effect and impression on you no matter what. And so I had to, you know, find it within me and make it for me and approach it in a way that was sustainable. Like I've been following the Agdell method. Oh, you have. That you've created. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So ever since I've been following you, we'd share like workout stuff or treadmill exercises that you're doing, which is really great. Is the Agdell method something that was born out of like quarantine or was that something that you've been working on prior to? Because I think what it presents and represents and stands for, I think is like a really amazing, great thing because it's body, mind, soul. It's just, it's taking care of yourself and every aspect of it, not just like focusing on losing weight. It's focusing on how to like feed every aspect of you to feel great. Yeah. So, I mean, the actual method, you know, really came to life in March, like that's when it all started. But this has been, you know, something that I have been working on and, you know, really just narrowing down to like what I wanted to 
give to people or try to give to people. And, you know, that's been going on for a couple of years. Like I started getting a more healthy relationship with fitness and with food. And then, you know, went to a lot of personal trainers, learned from them, tried every single method out there, every single workout class I was in it and learning and just a sponge, right? Like absorbing what we were learning and what we were doing and seeing how my, my body reacted to it. And that's like the biggest point with like the actual method. Like I am not here to tell you what to do because we're all so individual. Like we are so different, right? But the one thing that I do think we all have in common is like, it's really a 360 moment, right? It's like your well-being is not about what your body looks like. And it's so much more than that. It's nutrition, it's sleep, it's relationships. It's obviously, you know, fitness and physical activity. It's your own, like how you speak to yourself, like it's mental health, you know? And I just feel like there was a lack of someone doing the full circle moment where people tend to just focus on diets. And this is what you need to be doing to lose weight. And for me, as someone who has lost weight or gone through different, you know, weights in my life and fluctuates like crazy, what I can tell you is like that number on the scale and you losing weight is not going to make you any happier. When I was the skinniest I have ever been, I have never been more miserable. I was so sad with myself. I was treating myself like shit. I had bad friendships, bad relationships, and overall just not happy. And I think like, you know, women, we have to really remind ourselves that like, it is not about the outside. And again, it goes back to media. It's such a false perception of like, what's right and what's wrong, which is why it's so important to like, remind yourself that like, you can't compare yourself to others. And what might work for me might not work for you. Like my workout method might not be the right thing for you. You might not even enjoy it. And then you, and then you shouldn't do it. Like that's the end of the story. If something, if you, if it's not making you happy and it's not serving a purpose in your life and lifting you up and fucking making you feel like a kick-ass woman, don't fucking do it. But like, that's where I'm like, I'm trying to just encourage people and support people in like, you know, inspiring them to figure out what works for them. Cause like, I, I'm not going to tell you to go on a treadmill for 40 minutes, but like, here's an example and you can try it out. And if, if you love it, great. If you don't, don't ever go back to it. Right. But I know that you have been on a journey too. And like, I obviously admire that so much because I think it takes a lot of courage to speak up about body insecurities and how you're feeling. But I also think that like, as soon as you do that and you break through that glass, you really open your whole universe and your heart and your mind to a much happier life for you, right? This is not for anyone else. You're not trying to like do this to like create a, a headline. Like it's for you. And that is what's so important is it's women that have the courage to speak up and own themselves and fucking be a kick-ass, badass woman. Like you should do it. Yeah. I love everything you just said. I was literally going like, yes. 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 Yeah. Because I mean, it's true. Like our bodies are unique and it's, it's great and we need to appreciate them and take care of them. And, you know, it's, it's a relationship with yourself and, and everything comes first. And that's a everyday effort. Like you said, it's an everyday sort of thing. And I've been there where we just want to immediately become frustrated and focus on numbers on a scale and what people are saying and what we think we should look like based on what other people look like. 
rather than just embracing ourselves and, and how to like feel the best that we can feel while also, you know, doing things to take care of us. Because now at this point, it's, it's about longevity. Oh, yeah. There's something that you posted that it was on the Agdale Method account that said, yes, I'm trying to eat healthy. No, I'm not on a diet. Because I think sometimes people think, you know, they have to just like cut things out and deprive themselves of things that they want or need or follow fad diets. And, and I it's think it's not sustainable. It's, it's not it's, sustainable. And, but yeah. also at the, at the end of it, if you're, if you're really trying to like choose healthier options or teach yourself how to eat more whole foods and incorporate vegetables and everything like that, that doesn't mean you're on a diet. It just means that you are trying to open up your world and your meals. And I, for one was just like, when I wanted to learn how to eat healthy and learn how to like fuel my body and give it the things it needs, I had no idea where to start. And I think you know, what your method offers is kind of giving that little bit of just, here's a suggestion, you know, not yeah, like, not like here's the exactly. meal plan week one, we're going to eat this. No, it's no. just like, here's a little smoothie recipe I enjoy. And that's just a little bit of encouragement helps a long way. Thank you. But I, I aim into everything you just said. Like I really, you know, that's what I am trying to do is really stay away from anything that's like, you know, telling you what to do. You're going to tell yourself what to do. And here's the thing. If you want to do something, you're going to do it. I can't do it for you. I don't want to do it for you. I want you to do this for yourself. So that's why you will never see me coming up with like a diet plan or a meal plan. Cause like, it's just like, I don't believe in it. I did it for myself and it did no good. And like, I want to, you know, at least just try to encourage women and especially young women to just, you know, remind yourself that like, it's so much more about what, you know, you feel versus what you look like. Right. Cause like, if you feel good, you're going to look good. Like That's end of true. story. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Spending that time to focus on yourself and, and feel good doing what it takes to make yourself feel good, whether it's going for a walk, putting on makeup, taking a nap. I don't, it can look like so many different things, but whatever it's going to take to make you feel good. You do it. And you don't need to like excuse yourself or explain yourself. Like you have to do what feels right for you. And yeah, you just have to listen to yourself and self-care comes in so many ways it's a learning process, right? Like every day is a practice. And the one thing I always tell people is like, if you feel amazing, like sit down and be like, what am I doing right now? That's making me feel so good. Right. Cause it's like, you can really learn so much from your own actions and what you're surrounded by. Yeah. That intuition that's inside of you. That intuition, it says it all. Even if the intuition's like, you know what? I think we should really have a piece of cake, then have it. Yep. And don't punish yourself for it because there's nothing that's off limits. You, you learn how to just listen to your body and do what it wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And then you're doing these like classes that are, I'm like, I'm, ah, I wish I lived. Are you doing it in the Hamptons or over New? In the Hamptons, in the Hamptons. Yeah. I know. So, cause you're like, you're up there and teaching them and instructing. How do people do that? Do they just show up or do they sign up? 
So they sign up, you know, it's, it's obviously like the spaces are limited because of COVID. We want to make sure everybody's spaced out and have their own space and are comfortable and we're safe. So you sign up, but that is, you know, I started doing that a couple of months ago and it's just been so fulfilling to like, you know, meet people and like, see this community come together. And, you know, just the fact that like you can get out of your house and safely go do something that doesn't include drinking, you know, social distance drinking. I'm like, that really makes me happy. Like I get to see people and do something I love and they end up leaving with a smile on their face. Like that is, that is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. I also like the drinking. Yeah. No, no, no. That comes after. That comes after. (laughs) Uh, But do, do you have like massive wait lists for people? It depends, you know, like it was very busy. Certain weekends out here are crazy. Have you been to the Hamptons before? Yeah, I've been twice. Oh yeah, wait, didn't you do a show out here and you stayed somewhere? Summer summer house. That's the only time I've been out there is we would go and hang out the summer house kids and like um uh, okay. talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some weekends are super busy. And then I mean, now it's starting to get a little more quiet. So if anyone is out there and in the Hamptons and want to come, definitely just DM the actual method. We'll make sure to get you in if there's a spot. But also when people, if people want to sign up for Agdell method, because I already had the playbook app, which is really great because there's tons of like workouts that you can do on there and you can search it by if you want to do yoga or stretching or nutrition, all that. So like, and it's great because it's categorized. So if you want to do stretching or arms or abs and all of your workouts are like under 20 minutes. Most of them are like, you know, around like 15 to 20 or 40 minutes. But you said it like you said it's so great because like it is on an app where there's so many other people because obviously like what I do, I'm good at. But like the rest of the fitness, you know, aspect and world, I'm not an expert on that. So like you can really like do a ton of different stuff in the same space, right? But if you want to sign up for it, you can go to ninaagdellapp.com and then submit your email and I will send you instructions on how to get on there. But it's an awesome place to be and it has everything you need. <laughs> and it's like 15 bucks a month. That's the cost of a cocktail. I had a martini last night. It was $18. So think, yeah. just put it in that perspective. You have access to so, so much on there and obviously access to the Agdell method. And I think so many people would love it and follow Agdell method on Instagram as well. Oh my God, you are the best. I love following it because there's just a lot of content and a lot of inspiration on there. It's not just like workouts. It's just like a lot of stuff. You're like, I really needed to see this today. Like I told you, the one that stood out my mind of just like, I'm eating healthy. I'm not on a diet. I mean, because like for those of us who have like been through that spiral of dieting and it just hasn't worked out, like just a good thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, you're killing it. You're killing it. And I hope I hope that you (laughs) I mean, I I'm trying. I'm out here just doing the best. Yes, you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Yes, you too. And stay safe. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 